Greetings to you from Dubai. I'm Ghada Khalifi and this is The Conscious Achiever, the show that reframes how we think about achievement and invites us to create conscious cultures in business, life, and the world. Greetings and welcome to episode 4 of this five-part series on saboteurs. Every episode tackles something we all struggle with, this inner judge within us that we all have, and we will look into the ways in which we sabotage our progress. While there is no magic pill for sabotage, we can explain how saboteurs work and provide tools to prevent them from derailing us. In this episode, we will be discussing three types of the hyper-saboteurs, the hyper the hyper-rational, and the hyper-vigilant. This concludes the description of the nine saboteurs we discussed before in the previous episodes. Just to remind you again, when these saboteurs take over, they are actually trying to keep us safe. However, this can prevent us from being our most fulfilled, happiest, and joyful selves. We will cover what they say, how they approach time management, feedback, their blind spots, and their deepest fears. So while each saboteur actually has good qualities, too much achievement, hypervigilance, hyperrationality can impede progress. And as with everything, sometimes too much of a good thing can be detrimental. So I suggest taking the assessment link and the show notes of the previous episode just before continuing to listen. This will help you identify which of your saboteurs are most active, which ones require the most attention as we go through all of nine of them, the rest of them actually. So taking the assessment will enable you to navigate your personal saboteurs and find peace and joy. So let's start with the hyper the, the conversation with the hyperachiever. I'm familiar with her. I'm familiar with the hyperachiever. She's my top saboteur, always alerting me. And here's the thing with the hyperachievers. They are always striving for the next thing, for greatness and worrying about what they can achieve, what they can accomplish and what they need to do next. They have their eyes on the prize all the time and often at the expense of other important things. For example, like I've sacrificed building really relationships and working on friendships in order to always, you know, listen to the hyperachiever. So one of their defining traits, uh, another thing that I'm guilty of is competitiveness. They worry about how others perceive them and seek external validation. They're constantly outwardly focused on how others view them. Their life is really defined by the mantra of achieving and producing results. Now, the struggle that I see for myself and with others is that they really um, find difficulty in connecting to their emotional needs and, and see feelings as distractions that don't help. They're only concerned with accomplishing this next thing because their mantra is, if I accomplish this next thing, then I'll feel worthy and I'll get what, where I'm trying to go. And, and they think that um, if, they, if they do this thing, they will promise the worthy, happy ever land. Now, here's when, when you accomplish the next thing, what happens is you feel worthy, but guess what? For a second, like you will never reach that and claim the worthy land, like the worthy medal here. It just doesn't happen. It, it's a problem because 
People experience a momentary shot of excitement when they do accomplish something. They convince themselves that it is a deposit in their confidence bank or in their worth bank. But in reality, moments later, they feel defeated and have to scramble to prove and achieve in order to feel that feeling again. So it's really an addictive feeling that gives you this false sense of accomplishment and make you feel like your worth is conditional on what you accomplish when in fact it's not. So if you notice yourself saying things like, I just need to accomplish this in order to feel helpful, or if I accomplish this, then I'll feel whatever, you may be having, you may have like the hyperachiever saboteur. Be aware of this narrative and your inner critic voice. I've, I've heard also fellow hyperachievers, including my clients, say that this is who I am. I'm wired to be like really a sprinter and I have no patience. I need to be get going. It's what feeds me. And I can relate to how our brains work. They tell us that those small changes and if you don't get the results right away, like it's not worth your time. However, I've learned that sprinting doesn't help me achieve the results I want with competence, with satisfaction and you know, with consistency. Even if I sprinted my way to achieving actually what I want, it will always leave me drained and exhausted. And that's time. So that period of feeling drained and exhausted, I lost another opportunity of achieving the next thing. Another biggest sabotage that I've experienced uh, myself and with others when I hear when I hear people um, say like they prioritize actually their schedules over relationship by saying I don't have time for relationship I have deadlines I have goals they are overly focused on productivity at the expense of relationships I'm very guilty of that and still it's a work in progress. Ironically, this really goes against the very heart of the work I do, which is emphasizing that relationships are crucial for maximizing success. Now, the other things that um, it's how they handle the, the other blind spot is how they handle feedback and criticism stuff. Yep, I have that tendency to brush off criticism or not welcome feedback or not even put myself in a situation where to receive feedback. And um, so instead, what happens is that tendency to brush off criticism or not welcome it, um, instead of sitting or resonating in those feelings or on that feedback and moving from fearing it to more being curious about it, what they end up do is they move quickly on the next task at hand. It's like they skip all that and and seek and and seek that next thing um, without really evaluating um, the first achievement, without really processing the achievement and learn from from that experience. Another telltale uh, sign that you have a high achiever saboteur is when you hear certain words or phrases such as like, are you open to feedback? And when someone approaches you with negative feedback or criticism of any kind, you just find yourself shutting down completely. 
Now, it's really very important to realize that certain part of feedback may resonate with you more than others. It took me a while to understand that. For me, the shift came when I stopped fearing being seen as an imperfect human being and avoided vulnerability. So instead, I recognized that I wasn't achieving as much as I appeared to be or as focused as I wanted others to believe. So the blind spot here or the opportunity is to get to this place where they accept themselves for who they are and they love themselves and they see their own personal worth unattached to whatever it is that they're accomplishing. I've noticed that my relationships have become stronger as I have become more aware of my blind spots. When I stopped defining myself solely by my accomplishment and then began accepting myself more easily, I found that I was more able to invest in others. I was have this space actually to include others, um, whether they're clients or personal relationship. This really, this shift has made everything flow much more smoothly for me. So having went through the, the through the hyperachiever, and I mentioned, you know, some of the traits, um, the impact on time management, on feedback, on relationships, and, the, and the, their fears. Just I want to emphasize again here that this conversation is not meant to make you feel bad about having these thoughts or recognizing that you operate as a hyperachiever. Rather, it is meant to help you navigate these tendencies so that you can find more fulfillment, more peace, more joy in your life and in your career. Okay, so shall we move on with the second saboteur, saboteur number two, hypervigilant. This is the person who's always alert. They are like your friend, like I'm sure I think in every family or in, you know, colleague you have, there's this friend or person who's always searching for their pepper spray, like always fearful and suspicious and never trusting. Always they are in this constant state of detecting, um, of looking out for danger or state of paranoia. If you're always worried about the other shoe dropping and creating what-if scenario in your mind that never actually happened, you might be hypervigilant or have the hypervigilant saboteur. Some common things or the narrative that people say is, if I just plan for every possible outcome, then I'll be in control. Or someone has to worry about this. Why is nobody else thinking about these things? They might also say, what if, followed by anything to emphasize that they are always on guard. There's always, you know, there's always some plan um, in their mind in order, like they're, they're working on some plan to detect danger. So let's look into or talk about how they handle time management. It's very much that kind of really paralysis, feeling and struggling deeply to, to manage their time from the fear spirals, from spending so much time thinking about what could happen, thinking of what if, uh, you know, 99% of the time doesn't even even happen but also like second guessing the actions that they you, that they take needing a lot of reassurance not delegating because you they're kind of stuck in this place of fear so they're always doubting second guessing not able to make decisions but also 
happens is classic. Like they spend so much time of energy and mental fortitude worrying that you don't have any energy left to take action or energy left to detect a sense of danger. Like when something really was dangerous about to happen, you have no energy to detect that. And even like if you didn't have the energy to take action, um, like you will, you will, like you are stuck in that paralysis mode. So it's, it's really that deep, the, the deep fear is that they're always on alert and thinking and fearing that something, a catastrophe is going to happen. As far as handling conflict and feedback, it's kind of similar in the sense that they take those criticisms very personally. It's a form also of uh, like danger. They're deeply hurtful and they tend to internalize their mistakes and feedback always can create more anxiety and what if scenarios and continues to spiral over and over. So think about it. If you are this kind of person and you've received feedback before, you've likely been the kind of person that has taken that feedback home and really ruined the rest of your night like you have stood on it. And you have thought about what do they think about me or they must hate me or they must think I'm a terrible one, terrible at what I do because they take the feedback and then they cook it up to be the biggest scary monster under the bed. So again, this comes from a place of fear because what they value in in return, like what, what they value out of this fear is safety and security. So it's threatened, it really threatens their safety and security. And at the core of the fear is that if they drop something or if they screw something up, their safety is at risk. So they have to be in that control all the time. And a lot of time is that this can come from unreliable sources of security that they they have experienced or perceived, like something, perhaps it could be something minor that they experienced in their childhood that for them internalize it as like they have to be on the watch all the time, um, you know, and this continuous feeling that if I'm not holding it up, if there isn't someone always looking out for ways to keep things secure, then all gone, all is going to fall apart. So as you know, constant blind spot is not really ever, is not ever really being able to relax. And imagine living this life of always, you know, um, on alert and um, your nervous system is just going to break down. You're not being able to relax and enjoy life and the things that you've worked for. So for those who are listening today I and identify with being hypervigilant or have the hypervigilant saboteur, I want to make it clear that I'm not sharing this information to make you feel discouraged or bad about yourself or really crap. Instead, I, I just hope to bring awareness to their narrative, awareness that this is something that is part of you as a protector for you. 
And the more you bring awareness to the narrative that's happening in your mind, the more you separate yourself from it and be able, because in the next episode, I'll be providing with various techniques to help you intercept and manage your hypervigilance so that it doesn't become really overwhelming. It's like dialing down on that Um dialing that on that hyper um, activity of yours, hyper vigilance that can lead to fear and paralysis. So let's talk about the third saboteur here, the third hyper saboteur, hyper rational. Now, this type of person is a learner who seeks to understand and prepare for everything. Uh, They have an unusual need to justify or explain how and why things work and often becoming really very focused on small details and losing sight of the big picture. Learners really like pour vast amounts of knowledge and research into their brains to justify and rationalize the choices they make. They feel unable to make decision or take action or understand something until they've reached a certain threshold of knowledge or research, which can be very, sometimes quite paralyzing for them. They may say things like, if I just learn how to do this X, then I'll be ready. The more I know, the more value I have. So they may really view feelings also from analytical perspective, stating that feelings are messy, but facts feel safe and true. And I think that's the key, that their sense of security is based on the amount of facts and knowledge and research they've done. And because they are so in the rational mind, they can come across as harsh or distant or cold. So now let's consider, as we did before, their impact on time management, the, the impact of hyper-rational on their time. They can really get stuck in this research phase and have hard time moving forward. They feel like you're constantly spinning your wheels but never taking action. So when you're stuck in a hyper-rational mode or sabotaging yourself, it can be challenging to take that next step and actually make progress using the competence formula and that the rabbit hole, like you get stuck into that spiral of Googling, I call it like you Google one thing and then you Google the next thing and and then the next thing. And for me, like I don't have the hyper rational, but it might also appear similar pattern or behavior like the restless. The 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 hyper rational is looking for more data and information, and the restless is looking for more excitement. And yes, you'll, they will end up spending so much time kind of analyzing that you're not actually using the time effectively to do the work. Now, the other impact, we talked about it as well and for the other hyper-saboteurs uh, and comes to criticism, conflict, and feedback. Analytical individuals rely less on emotions and more on separating data and opinions. So they may really rationalize why an an opinion is irrelevant or doesn't matter based on their extensive research and prioritization of facts over thoughts. So unlike hyperachiever, analytical individuals remain unaffected by criticism as they know what needs to be done from their research. Like they are done it, they they everything they the research 
they have all the information from the research they're done. So if they receive criticism or feedback or feel triggered, they might they may challenge the criticism head on. Or so they and and so their approach looks like they're either unshakable or ready, you know, to engage in a heated debate. Like they have all the data that confirms their theory, confirms their opinion. So you see the difference. Now, the deep fear is if there's safety blanket, if I don't learn everything, then I'll never be the expert. I'll never be ready to go. I can never take the next step or I cannot, you know, be involved in this if I don't know all the things on the front end. For the person who desires to be seen as an authority in their knowledge base or in their space, this is a deep paralysis because they believe that they must absorb, learn, research so that they can become an expert. And the irony is that for people who truly want to be thought leaders, they need connection from others. They need to hear from others and get the the knowledge from different perspectives. So by obsessively trying to learn everything, they are actually hampering the, the very thing that they may be wanting. Okay, so now that you uh, heard a lot about the last three saboteurs of the hyper series, I'd like to hear from you in the comment section if any of these saboteurs resonate with you, whether it's the hyper achiever, the hyper vigilant, or the hyper rational. I really want to know if any of these three feel true to you and what they sound like in your own mind, in your own experience, and how they impact you in other ways that I mentioned in the episode today. So now that um, we've completed the nine saboteurs and the four episodes of the nine saboteurs. Next episode, we will discuss how to navigate through the sabotage to improve your performance, to find fulfillment and peace, to manage your time, to improve your relationship, and really support your overall well being. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you love the show, tell your friends, pay it forward, or leave us a review. You can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram where you can follow me or leave a comment. You can also subscribe to my newsletter on LinkedIn for more from The Conscious Achiever. Thanks for listening. This is Ghada Khalifi signing off.